uh, what a testimony and song there. The book of Revelation uh, speaks about that future time where we will behold the Lamb uh, around the throne and we will adore the Lamb just as, as uh, was sung here this morning. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark chapter 15. We'll be in the middle of the chapter uh, here on Wednesday night. We, um, uh, we're headed towards the cross. Yes, go ahead. We'll let you stand, uh, Miss Clarine. All of you, if you have your place, you're able to stand with us. Uh, pay, uh, Mark uh, chapter 15. Uh, we're, we're dealing with the crucifixion and um, going to be uh, several weeks here as we look at the crucifixion. And um, this one of the, I, I never grow tired of uh, looking at the crucifixion and what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. Uh, our salvation, and uh, it's so clear here this morning, if there is anything that you could do to add to what Jesus did, uh, then... Uh, well, there's not. <laughs> you can't. You can't add to what he did. He did it all. And for the cross, he cried, it is finished. The price has been paid. It's by his grace that we're saved. Uh, it's not your religion, your church, your goodness, your efforts, your prayers that will get you to heaven. It's God's free, wonderful, marvelous gift through Jesus Christ. Now, in Mark chapter 15, I want to pick up here at verse number 20. Uh, Wednesday night, we kind of finished at this section of Scripture. And I want to look in the Bible this morning at a man that was used of the Lord in this time of the crucifixion. Verse 20, And when they had mocked him, now this is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, this is the Creator, this was their Creator. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him. As we spoke on Wednesday night, by this time he had been scourged with a cat of nine tails. Uh, the blood would have clotted onto that robe. And as they removed the robe, again, fresh wounds opened. And they put his own clothes on him, led him out to crucify him. And they compel one Simon, a Cyrenian. That's where we're going to focus this morning is Simon, the Cyrenian, who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. And they bring him unto the place Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. And when they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them, what every man should take. And it was the third hour, and they crucified him. It's hard for us to comprehend all that Jesus endured, all that he bore on our behalf. We're going to examine this morning a special man in the scripture, Simon. Had a great privilege. We don't hear much about Simon. But he's there in the Bible. His name is given to us. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Would you pray today that God's way would be done in your hearts and in this service? Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for the cross. And thank you this morning that you bring us to the foot of the cross. And Lord, I pray, and just as we see in the Bible, I pray, Lord, that eternal decisions can be made here today. And Lord, that you would speak that you would have your way. Uh, Lord, we thank you that not only did you die, but up from the grave you arose, and you're alive and living and speaking today. 
Would you have your way in our hearts? Would you exalt yourself this morning? We pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated. We come here to this section of Scripture in the Bible, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, every uh, gospel gives us kind of a different viewpoint of the cross. And of course, no contradictions in the Word of God. But each gospel has a little different emphasis. Uh, the Gospel of Mark uh, really records for us mostly what they did to Jesus. Uh, now there are seven final sayings of Christ from the cross, and over time we're going to preach through those last sayings and the last words of the Lord Jesus. But interestingly, the Gospel of Mark passes over these, except if you will skip down to verse number 34, uh, just before his death, uh, as the weight of sin is placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, he cries out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And that's a quote from Psalm 22. And then in verse number 20, or 37, uh, we read, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. These are the only words of Christ that are recorded for us in the Gospel of Mark. And instead, the Gospel of Mark focuses upon Jesus, the suffering servant. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things here before we get into this uh, this morning. We'll deal with this more tonight. Uh, look in verse number 16. In verse number 16, it reads, And the soldiers led him away. In verse 17, And they clothed him with purple. In verse 18, And they began to salute him. In verse 19, and they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him. In verse number 20, And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple from him. In verse number 21, And they compel one Simon a Cyrenian. In verse number 22, And they bring him to the place of Golgotha. In verse 23, And they gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh. In verse 24, and when they had crucified him, they parted his garments. In verse 25, and it was the third hour. Verse 26, and the superscription of his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. And I point out to you that, that word and, a little word. Uh, each and represents for us in the last days or in this uh, crucifixion of Christ, each and represents for us uh, another wave of suffering. It's like waves on an ocean. They're crashing into the shore. You'll see and, and, and another wave of suffering. It's like one long sentence, never-ending suffering. And again, tonight, we're going to speak about this as we look at the cross. Uh, this morning, the focus is Simon, a Cyrenian. From that day forward, uh, Simon is going to go down in history as the one who carried the cross for the Lord Jesus Christ. A very little is known of Simon, and yet much, much can be discerned from the scripture that we're given here this morning. His name was Simon, uh, one of the few names given at the scene of the cross. We don't know the name of the Roman centurion. We don't know the name of the soldiers. Uh, we don't know the names of the mockers in the crowd, but we know the name of Simon. God gave us his name. And I believe it's for a purpose, for a cause. He was a Cyrenian, uh, probably a Jew by descent. 
uh, probably born or at least now residing in Cyrene. It's on the North African coast of the Mediterranean. Uh, it was now the season of the Passover, the time of the crucifixion where Christ became our Passover lamb. Uh, like many, uh, flooding to Jerusalem for this feast of the Passover, Simon has now made his way to Jerusalem for this event. Uh, the city would have been crowded at this time of the year. Uh, likely he was lodging on the outskirts of the city, for the city of Jerusalem uh, would have been filled and difficult to find a lodging place. And we know that he came out of the country, as we read in verse number 21 on that morning. You think about this on that morning, on his way to Jerusalem, as he's traveling into the city, there's a company of people proceeding toward Golgotha. Uh, from this uh, time, uh, he probably knew nothing of Jesus at that point, but he was compelled to bear the cross of Jesus. And it probably would have been supposed that this was a common criminal as Jesus is heading toward Golgotha. Now, verse number 21, uh, again, read this. It tells us that Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. Now, that's very interesting. When Mark wrote his gospel years later, uh, this man's sons, uh, Alexander and Rufus, were now part of the Christian community. In fact, Rufus is mentioned in Paul's salutations to the Romans. And a lot of people have referred to the Gospel of Mark as the Roman Gospel. And so we know that Rufus most likely had become a part, had been saved after this event. And history tells us that Simon himself came to know Christ and may have been one of the leaders in the church of Antioch that we read about in Acts chapter number 13. Now, it's evident this morning that that chance meeting as Simon is coming back into the city, back from the country to enter Jerusalem, that one meeting with Christ that day changed the rest of his story and the rest of his life. And this morning we're going to examine four truths from the Word of God making application to you and I as we look at Simon the Cyrenian. Now, the first truth that I want to give us this morning would be the importance of circumstances. You see, with our God, there are no accidents. Amen. I want you to consider some of the details this morning that led to this meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Simon just happened to be passing by as the procession with Christ moved toward Golgotha. Had he been five minutes late or five minutes early, he would not have met Jesus Christ. Had he been walking faster or slower, this chance meeting would not have occurred. Had he lodged on the other side of Jerusalem, we would not read the name Simon in the Word of God. When we understand our God is sovereign, there are no accidents with God, and the God is always working in the small details that sometimes we think are insignificant, yet those insignificant details become life-changing for us. Because God is the God of circumstances. See, this morning, this day, was a divine appointment for Simon. It was an appointment Jesus. 
Jesus was present. Simon was present. The Lord put the two together at the perfect time frame to change the entire course of history and future for Simon. Now this morning, it helps us to understand that our God is at work in the seemingly insignificant details of life. Sometimes those small things lead to huge, large blessings. The small details, they are important to God. I'll illustrate for you. Years ago, a young man was to ride the train across the country with some friends. They were vacationing. The young man's mother said to him, Son, for some reason, I don't feel good about this train ride with your friends. And the young man determined he so wanted to go with his friends, but he determined something was wrong in, in his mother's heart. And he determined to be obedient to his mother. His friends went forward with that train crash, and it was the following day that this young man read that that train was, uh, or the, with the train, the train was in a crash, a major accident all aboard that train were killed. A small detail, yet it changed the life of that young man. 2010, there was a major earthquake in Haiti. You remember that. 200,000 deaths. Those of you that have been to Haiti with me will remember uh, Brother CJ. He was the national pastor. Uh, he was our interpreter, a very good interpreter. Uh, Brother CJ was in a large building just prior to that earthquake in 2010. He turned to a friend of his. And he said to his friend, something is wrong. I need to go outside and get some fresh air. They walked out of the building uh, just a few feet away from that building when the earthquake struck. And most everybody in that building were killed that day in that earthquake. A small detail seemed so insignificant, yet it changed the outcome of Brother CJ. I'm thinking back to a chance meeting with my wife-to-be. Uh, it was October the 30th, 1982. That's a long time ago. Some of you guys say that was back in the days of Noah, and it seems like that now. <laughs> and uh, I, I went to a football field because I needed to spend some time with the Lord. It was in the evening. And as I was out on that football field, my wife just happened to be running by that night on that football field. It was a chance meeting, but I knew that night she would be the one that I would marry. It was a small detail, yet not insignificant to God. See, details, circumstances, they're so important to God. Even the simple things of life can make all of the difference. Not by accident that you're here this morning. It's not an accident that Jesus passes by this way today. Uh, it's not by accident this morning that you have an opportunity to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in our midst. And if you will stay alert this morning, you will find that the Lord can bring details and situations into your life, opportunities for you, just as He brought to Simon that day. If you will be alert, you will find that God will bring people to your life, opportunities of which divine appointments, opportunities to serve Him, opportunities to serve others. See, it's a blessing to see the mighty hand of God in the smallest of details. That's my first thought as we look at Simon. I'll give you a second thought this morning. It's the privilege of helping Jesus. 
Now, there are some other details given to us from the Gospel of John. Let me read from the Gospel of John this morning. An important detail uh, concerning this event. John 19, verse 16. Then delivered he him, therefore, to them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And it speaks of Jesus. He, bearing his cross, went forth unto a place called the place of the skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, on either side one, Jesus in the midst. Now, we have initially, according to the Gospel of John, Jesus his own, own cross. Now that was the custom of criminals under the Roman law. So as Jesus left the, the place of judgment, the, the judgment hall of Pilate, uh, he was bearing his own cross and that heavy cross, that heavy load was upon the shoulder of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we come to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verse number 21, again read this with me. And at this point it says, They compel one Simon a Cyrenian who passed by coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. Apparently at this point, the Lord Jesus had come to the end of his physical strength. Now probably the soldiers were in a rush to get to Golgotha. I don't think it was in sympathy for Jesus that they find somebody to bear his cross, but I, I think it was in impatience. Uh, that they are heading to the cross and now Jesus is very weak. And can I say to you this morning, I believe that Jesus was a man's man. As you study the Word of God, He was a carpenter by trade. Uh, he was physically strong. And, and you'll find that often in the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, He would begin early in the morning and He would work late into the evening and over and over He would minister to people. Now this was a man's man. This was a strong man. This was a man uh, that had great physical stamina and great physical ability. But at this point in the gospel we read that Christ's physical strength had been taxed. I'll give you some thoughts. The night before he had been to the Garden of Gethsemane. And as we've seen in the past, there was a war with the devil that night. And the Bible speaks that the Lord Jesus Christ sweated, as it were, drops of blood. And that's the testimony doctors express of great anguish of soul. There was a load of sin being placed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was taken to the court of Caiaphas. Given a kangaroo trial, he was beaten and mocked in that court. And that would last through the night. And then early in the morning, there was the meeting with Pilate. We know that Roman soldiers beat the Lord Jesus Christ. They planted a crown of thorns upon his head. They pressed the thorns into his skull. He was scourged with a cat of nine tails. As we preached on Wednesday night, literally flesh would have been ripped from the back of Jesus Christ. It would have opened blood vessels and wounds and blood would have poured forth. And it's evident that Jesus, even before coming to the cross, lost a great deal of blood. On top of all of this, the weight of the sin of the world is being placed upon Jesus Christ. It's a burden so great, a weight for my sin, and your sin, and the sin of all of the world. 
See, the Lord Jesus Christ had laid, or the Bible says of the Lord, that the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so as we come to that point in weakness, physically, Jesus is unable to bear the cross. And here Simon is given the opportunity to help Christ carry the burden. Think about this. Each of us this morning can have that honor to an extent. So the world crucifies the Lord Jesus Christ afresh every day. The world still hates Jesus. The world still mocks Him, denies Him, spits upon Him. The world still calls, crucify Him, crucify Him. Uh, the world continues to rebel and we have an opportunity, as did Simon, to bear His reproach and to bear His cross after Him. I want you to keep your place in the Gospel of Mark and turn forward to the Gospel of Luke for a moment, to chapter number 9. In Luke chapter number 9, in verse number 23, Luke 9, verse 23, here is the Lord Jesus Christ prior to the crucifixion speaking to His disciples. Luke 9, verse 23, And He said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? And whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his glory and his fathers, and holy angels. Go forward to the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. A couple of other verses that would speak of bearing the cross. Luke 14, verse number 25. Reads, And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren, sisters, yea, his own life also he cannot be my disciple. And, and I believe the Lord there is not expressing we should hate our family, but our love in comparison to him should be so much greater. And uh, then in verse number 27, whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 33, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath cannot be my disciple. He's talking about the cost of discipleship, that privilege that we have as a disciple to bear the cross of Jesus Christ. Now think of Simon this morning. In Christ's weakness, he needed someone to help him carry the cross. Here's the God of the universe, the creator of the world. He needs nothing, and yet he needs us. You think about that. Christ was carrying the weight of Simon's sins on that cross. And yet he needed Simon to help him carry the cross. And so it is for you and I. He carried our sin on that cross. And yet he needs us to help carry the cross. In the sense of spreading the gospel to all of the world. And sharing with every man, woman, boy and girl uh, of the privilege of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's the privilege of helping Christ. Now let me give you a third thought. There's the reward. 
that comes with humble service. Simon did great service for the Lord that day. Now, it's evident as you read the Bible, verse 21, Mark 15. At first, he was compelled to bear the cross. Now, that means he was forced by the Roman soldiers. He had no choice. He was an able body that happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, but we might say he was at the right place at the right time because God worked it all together for good. seems that Simon's forced service soon became a willing service. And evident as he would observe the Lord Jesus Christ, the character of the Lord, the suffering of the Lord, would have brought sympathy uh, to Simon willingly, then he would bear that cross. But you think about it this morning, Simon's service to the Lord did not go unrecognized that day. Simon had no idea that that service to Christ that day would be forever enshrined in the Word of God. And now wherever the Bible goes, we read of a man named Simon. He had no idea that day, by chance, as he crossed into the city from the country, as Jesus was passing by, that he would meet Jesus that day, and he would be forced into service for Christ, but he had no idea that that service would then be recognized by the Lord. Wherever the gospel is preached, we read of a man named Simon. Now, can we make an application here this morning? When an individual comes to know Christ, the Bible calls it a new birth, salvation. I was raised in church. I was baptized in fourth grade, but I was lost. And I died, I would have split hell wide open. One night, the Lord convicted me. I knew I needed Jesus. I knew about him before that time, but that night, I came to meet him. I was born again that night. And the Bible teaches that an individual who is saved name is forever enshrined in the Lamb's book of life. Did you realize that? If you're saved, your name is in the Lamb's book of life, never to be forgotten. This testimony of Simon will never be forgotten. It's enshrined in the Word of God, and if you're saved this morning, your name is in the Lamb's book of life, and do you realize that on Judgment Day, those names in the Lamb's book of life will be brought into the open, and there will be glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to give you another thought. Do you realize furthermore that any act of service for Christ done out of a heart of love is rewarded? Amen. Now we mentioned that Simon was compelled. He was forced at first. But he ought to be something that compels you. The Bible says the love of Christ constraineth us. See, if I've met Jesus Christ as my Savior, I ought to love Him. And the love of Christ would constrain us, it would compel us. The night I cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ, I was forgiven a great debt. I did not earn it, I did not deserve it, I couldn't pay for it, I simply received a gift that night. My sin was blotted out. I was given that night uh, eternal life, a gift. I have a home in heaven. And it ought to be out of that love for Christ, out of the forgiveness that the Lord has given to me, that we ought to be compelled to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Love for Christ puts us in the Bible. A love for Christ will bring us to the, to the Word of God, will bring us to church. A love for Christ compels us to tell others about Him. A love for Christ compels us to serve Him and to bear His cross. But you can be sure 
with the testimony of Simon that what is done out of love for Jesus is going to be rewarded. Even the smallest service for Jesus Christ. There's the reward for humble service. But here's where I want to get this morning. All the rest is free. I want to bring us to the most important thought today. And that's the blessing of the cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There, a precious fountain. Now, Simon probably knew nothing of Jesus that day as he entered into Jerusalem. Probably looked upon Jesus as a criminal deserving of death. But it's very clear as you read through the Word of God and history tells us that that contact with the cross that day with the Lord Jesus Christ changed everything about the future of Simon. It would change his life. It would change the life of his family. That's why we have his name in the Word of God, Simon. That's why we have the names of his children, uh, Alexander and Rufus. And that's why we know they became a part of the Christian community. See, Simon would bear that cross to Calvary. And there at Calvary, Christ would be lifted up on that cross. Simon would deserve the cruel treatment that day as the crowds would pass by, as they would behold the Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel of Matthew tells us that sitting down, they watched him there. As Jesus was raised upon that cross, there were many observers around that cross. And uh, Simon would witness that day as this cruelty of mankind, this hatred of mankind would be cast forth upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Simon would witness as this man was bared naked before all of the world and as the world would pass by as they would revile and mock at the Lord Jesus Christ. Simon would observe that. But remember the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Because as the world passed by, as the world mocked, the Lord Jesus Christ from that cross cried out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, Simon would witness in the Lord Jesus Christ something very unusual. He was more than a man. And that cross would forever change Simon. From that day forward, many lives were impacted by the cross. You see, Simon had his heart melted that day. There was a thief that Simon would observe. A thief that would turn and say, Lord, remember me when thou enterest into thy kingdom. A thief that deserved to die. And a thief that would recognize Jesus that day as his forgiveness. And then later in our scripture, there would be the Roman centurion. As the Lord would give up the ghost, the Roman centurion would cry out, Truly, this was the Son of God. See, the cross brought people to a decision. And it brings us to a choice. And Simon evidently came to know Christ, but crowds mocked the Lord Jesus Christ. One thief was saved. But one thief was lost and entered death in a lost estate. The centurion humbly recognized Christ, but other soldiers parted his garments and gambled 
his garments away. I want to just give a challenge here this morning. May each of us come to the cross today and understand what Jesus did for us. And may we gaze upon that cross. May we see what was paid for our sin. May we see Jesus on the cross. He's the God-man. He's more than a man. He's God become man. Here's the one on the cross bearing the weight of all the sin of the world. As we gaze upon the cross, we understand that He's God. He's the Creator. He's the one that spoke the world into being. He did not have to die on that cross. He chose to die. He had the power and the ability to call the legions of angels. He could have spoken words that would have brought destruction to those that falsely accused Him, to those that crucified Him. But He chose to die. He chose to die for you. He chose to die for me. The greatest love this world has ever known is the love that was revealed to the world upon the cross. But God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Can I say this morning that His death upon the cross is sufficient. His final words from the cross, it is finished. The debt has been paid. It's been paid in full. There's nothing more that you can add to what I've done. In the book of Ephesians, the Bible tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Friend, if I could add anything to what Jesus did on the cross, there would be no need for Jesus to die. If I could add to what Jesus did by my own good works, then I could be saved by works, and there would have been no need for Jesus to die. If I could, by my prayer life, earn my way to heaven, there would have been no need for Jesus to die. If I could attend church and be baptized enough and do enough good uh, to earn my salvation, there would have been no need for Jesus to die. But the fact is, this morning, I'm a sinner. And at my very best, I'm a sinful being. And there's absolutely nothing that I can do to add to what Jesus did for me. It was paid in full. And Simon would discover that that day. As at first, reluctantly, he would bear the cross. But that cross would forever change his life and his destiny. It would make all the difference in the world as he would see the humble Lord Jesus Christ willingly giving himself. And that day, Simon would bow the knee to Jesus. It would make all of the difference. Now let's just look at a couple of thoughts here in closing today. The circumstances, they're important to God. You're here today. It's not an accident. Jesus is here today. It's not an accident. This is a divine appointment for you. There's the privilege then we see in Simon of bearing the cross. You have an opportunity this morning to bear the cross, the reproach of Jesus Christ. You have an opportunity today to bear the cross and take the gospel to the world. 
And there's the reward for humble service. The name Simon forever enshrined in the Word of God. And if you're saved, your name forever enshrined in the book of life. And then the reward for even the simplest of service to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, of course, as we look at this, the blessing of the cross. The cross brings us to decision. The cross brings us to choice. And the cross, what we do with the cross, determines eternal destinies. The cross is crucial this morning. Jesus, as we said, keep me near the cross. It's there, a precious fountain. It's there, the blood was shed. My forgiveness is not because of me. It's because of the marvelous gift provided for me at the cross of Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and every 